in this place. We welcome you. We honor you. We bless you. We glorify you. And Lord, we thank you for the work and the power and the demonstration of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for speaking directly to your people. And Lord, we just heed your voice. I have equipped you to combat darkness with the armor of light. I am the light of the world, and I have sh shown in you, and you can take that light and shine it to others, for with the light you will push back the darkness. With the light you will win your fight. With the light you will navigate through the night. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may have your seats. Use the light. Amen. Explosive time. Mm -hmm. You know, God's doing something. Yes. And uh, it's time for His people to overcome and take their stand. Yes. Glory to God. I want to read a uh, portion of Scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And. Uh, We're going to start with uh, verse 9, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 9, and this is about the promised land that God was taking his people into, and he talks about the land and he said, it's a land where you shall eat bread without scarceness. You shall not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of those hills you may dig brass. Now notice how he says this. This is what he fully expects. Because if it was true then, it's true today, because he doesn't change, right? Amen. He said... 
When you have eaten and are full, he expects you to eat until you're full. Then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. What's our land today? It's every promise in Christ Jesus. Verse 11, beware of that. Beware that you forget not the Lord your God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command you this day, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses, God expects you to build a good house. And um, dwell therein. You know, he doesn't want you to build vacant houses. He wants you to enjoy the house. Right? And, uh, and when your herds and flocks multiply, God expects, what's my herd and flock? Anything that brings you income. You may not have sheep and cattle, but you've got something that brings you income. He expects, say, I expect my income to multiply. This is what God expects of us. Amen? And, uh, and your silver and your gold is multiplied. Who owns the silver and the gold in, in the first place? God. God. Right? And uh, he said, uh, and all that you have is multiplied. Say, all that I have oh, is multiplied. Said, my hands are blessed hands. Whatever they touch, it causes prosperity. What, what that little strip on a matchbook is to a match, your hands are to prosperity. The Bible says, whatever you put your hand to shall prosper. Okay? And then he said, then your heart is lifted up and you forget. Uh, all that the Lord your God, uh, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, who led you through this great and terrible wilderness. Did Israel lack anything in the wilderness? No. Guess what? You're not in the wilderness anymore. So, if he could take care of you in the wilderness, he can certainly take care of you out of the wilderness. Alright? And he fed you with manna, verse 16. Uh, which the fathers knew not that he might humble you and that he might prove you to do uh, good at, at the latter end and you say in your heart my power and the might of my hand has gotten me with this wealth you may be a hard worker but it's not your hard work that brings you wealth God gives you the ability to do the hard work then he says verse 18 but you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he that gives you Power to what? Get wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto the fathers this day. God is your financier. He's interested in you getting wealth to establish his kingdom. Amen? And uh, with the wealth that you get, you give unto him. Good measure, right? You give it to him and he will receive it and bless it. So uh, as you give tonight, just keep that in mind. And you can give uh, here, you can give online, you can mail it in, you can bring it in, however you want to do it. Amen? Amen. All right. Father, I just thank you that every gift and every giver is blessed by you, Lord. They're favored, they're protected, they're provided for in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And it's through our giving that we acknowledge our trust in God. 
Alright, I want you to turn to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And uh, we started this uh, last week about uh, faith, hope, and love. So we're going to read this again. And uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 2. We'll read to verse 10. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith your, and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Ghost, and in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad. Your faith has a sound. So that we need not to speak anything, for they themselves show up of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. So he mentions three things in here. He says your work of faith. He said your labor of love and your patience of hope. And last week we talked about how we got to make faith our employee. Right? We got to put our faith to work. Why? Because it works. And your faith can handle any job that you give it. It deals in impossibilities. Amen? Amen? So these are three things that stand out to God. They're important in the work of the Lord. Faith, hope, and love. Right? He makes mention of these. Effectual faith. Continual love. And patient hope. Right? God has equipped you to endure. To endure hard things. And uh, let's look at uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And we're going to see these three again. Verse, verses 8 to 11. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Alright, so we see those three there again, right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm just showing you the different places where these three, the unity of the three, are found. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. 
He said, and now abides faith, hope, and charity, or love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Alright? Go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. What are we doing? We're treasure hunting right now. Colossians chapter 1 and verses 4 and 5. It says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints for the hope that is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel? So that's another place where it's, go to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. You know what the Bible says? Let everything be established in two or three witnesses. I'm giving you four. So it's well established. Amen. Amen. Revelation 2, verses 2 and 3. We're going to see these three again. Revelation 2, 2 and 3. I know your works and your labor and your patience and how you can not bear them which are evil. And you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. You know you got to test every spirit. And has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Alright, so we see these three. So we talked about the work of it. Now tonight we're going to talk about the labor of love. The labor of love. To labor means it's, it's a loving labor. You know, I heard the phrase, when you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Right? Doesn't mean it's not hard, doesn't mean it's not challenging, but you love it so much that you'll do it under any circumstance. Love likes to labor. It is a steadfast endurance which is grounded upon and cheered by hope. It is your service to others. It's your motivation. When love labors, love is motivating you to help someone else other than yourself. Amen? Amen. What? Who do you love? And what do you love? Just a thought? Just food for thought. Who do you love? And what do you love? How do you show it? How did God show the world that he loved us? He didn't just say it. But he did something. To show that he loved us. He demonstrated his love. We know that, right? He died on the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He, he was serving mankind by sending his son as a sacrifice. That was his labor of love. 
Did you ever read where Jesus said, I don't feel like doing this anymore? I mean, if he wanted to, he could have made that decision in the garden. He said, Lord, if there's another way, give me another way. But he made the decision, not my will, but yours will. See, Jesus made it a labor of love. Salvation was a labor of love. It was the greatest demonstration, the greatest display of love that there ever was and ever will be. Jesus was motivated by love. He loved us so much, he put up with all the junk that came against him. He loved us so much that he endured the criticism, the scourging. He endured it. Why? Because of his love for us. If you love God, how do you show it? Is it just enough to say, I love you, God? Or does it require us to put our love on display? If you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus said that. Go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. We're talking about the labor of love. He noted this about this group. See, they loved God so much that they couldn't keep the message contained. They started to spread it out. See, that's that's another way that you can show that you love God. You can tell others about Him. Don't let fear silence you. You be bold. You're, you're a lion. Roar! I can't even do a lion justice. But Matthew 24, 12 says something interesting. Talking about the last days. And he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Law, that word iniquity is lawlessness. Lawlessness makes love grow cold. We're seeing that today. Aren't we? There's a lot of lawlessness that is taking place, and a lot of love of many is waxing cold. Alright? Go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Hallelujah. The labor of love. Go to John chapter 5, verse 37. In 10 verses here, Jesus reveals some things that happen when you lack love. John 5, verses 37 to 47. It says this. And the Father himself, which has sent me, has borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. See, when someone is lacking love, they can't hear God's voice. Why? Because God is love. When we don't have love, it's hard to hear God's voice. Because we have to have... See, love affects our relationship with God, but love affects our relationship with people. And how we interact with both will determine what happens. 
Jesus, he said, you, you, you have neither heard my voice or at any time seen my shape. If you, don't, if you don't have love, you don't have a good vision. Someone who doesn't have love always sees the bad, the darkness, the negative. Amen? But someone who has, who has love, they see the other side of things. They see what it can be. See, when God looked at Gideon with love, he said, I see you as a mighty man of valor. Love brings out what you could be. He goes on. Verse 38. And you have, you have not his word abiding in you. Someone who doesn't have love doesn't have the word of God abiding in them. See, love is such an important thing in Christianity. It should be the, the motive by which we do everything. We should love God and we should love people. Amen? Did you know that the same love works to God and people? Yeah. Okay? But he said, your, your word, he said, his word is not abiding in you for you. Whom he sent, him you don't believe. So someone who doesn't love, someone who doesn't love is someone who doesn't believe in Jesus or his word. They don't believe what he said. You know, when someone doesn't believe what God said, they don't do what God says. See, because in order to believe what God said, you've got to value what God said. Love values the word. Alright? Then he said, verse 39. He said, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. When you don't have love, you can't understand or grasp the scriptures. You can read it, but you don't know what they say. I've encountered lots of people who have claimed to read, read the Bible, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus. See, because love will, will get the understanding of it. Then he said, verse 40, and you will not come to me that you might have life. When you don't have love, you don't come to Jesus. See, because love is magnetic. Boy, the moment I fell in love with Fiona, it was magnetic. I was drawn to her. Love is a very powerful thing. It, it, it brings people together. It doesn't drive them apart. Do you realize Israel was scattered throughout the world? No one thought that they would be a country again. But in 1948, God, true to his word, he said, I'll bring them from the four corners of the earth. And he did. He brought them from all the countries that they were in. And they became a nation again who wasn't a nation for a long, long time. Why, God loves Israel. And I'm an adopted Jew. And God loves me too. So, when we don't have love, we don't come to Jesus. See, because love loves to share. And you can't share when you're by yourself. Amen? Love loves to share. Love loves to give. And you can't do that when you're by yourself. 
Alright? So, verse 41. I receive not honor from men, but I know that you, that you have not the love of God in you. Jesus is talking to a group of people whom he knew that did not have the love of God in them. You can recognize when someone is void of love. It shows them how they speak and what they do. I'm not talking about a, a, a mishap. I'm talking about habits. Habits. Continual. Verse 43. I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. So when someone's void of love, they don't receive the word. They don't receive Jesus. They don't receive anything that God offers. Did you know that uh, God's offer can be rejected? He doesn't get you in a headlock and say, take this, take this. No, he offers it to you. It's a free choice. We can choose to accept or reject what God said. So Jesus said, I know that you don't have the love of God in you. Verse 43, I'm coming in my Father's name and you don't receive me. If another shall come in his own name, and him you will receive. 44, how can you believe which receive honor from one another and seek not the honor that comes from God only? See, love seeks the honor that comes from God. Love puts God's agenda first, not my agenda. This is what love does. When someone is born of love, this is what they don't do. Verse 45, don't think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. Verse 47, but if you believe me not, if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? So Jesus commanded us in John 13, 34, he said, love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus labor in love? How did he deal with people? How did he deal with the crowds? How did he deal with the individuals? How did he deal with people on his own team? See, God expects us to love people like He loves us. He is the standard. He is the example. He doesn't ask us to love like God doesn't ask you to love like I do. He wants you to love like He does. Well, how do I know where God loves? First of all, God reveals His love to us in the Word. And then He reveals His love to us in a relationship. And when we know how God loves, then we can love people more effectively. It's a labor of love. It's a labor of love. Go to John 15. John 15. Once again, Jesus is talking. Can we trust Jesus' words? Yes. Is it the truth? Yes. Can he lie? So this, this is Bible truth. This is from the Master. These are His words. I mean, the book is His words, but specifically, these are His words. This is what the writer was inspired by the Holy Spirit to record for us. John 15, verse 9. We're going to read 9 to 17. I want you to notice how much it mentions love in these passages of Scripture. Starting with verse 9. John 15, 9. 
as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Everybody say continue. continue. Now if Jesus has to tell us to continue, is there an opportunity for us to not to continue? Yeah, if he's telling us to continue, then there is an opportunity that we can't continue. Or we, we can choose not to continue. But Jesus is encouraging us. Notice, oh, this is powerful. As the Father has loved me, I've loved you. Jesus loves us with the Father's love. He loves us with agape love. And then he's encouraging us, continue in my love. Love is a journey. Love can diminish, love can grow. How is your love grow? for God growing. How is your love for people growing? It should be growing. We're going to find out here in a little bit that we should be increasing in love. We should be abounding in love. God is love. If you're abounding in love, you're abounding in God. Shouldn't we become more like God? I mean, the one who made us in his image, shouldn't we continue to be like him? Shouldn't we develop our love walk so that it's growing and increasing? We ought, to, we ought to love God more than we did three weeks ago. We ought to love people more than we did three weeks ago. Why? It's the same love. And the God who is love gives us the love to love people. So we don't even have to love people with our own love. God lets us use His love. As the Father loved me. That's a powerful thing. Think about what the Father was willing to give to a group of people who could care less. We were stuck in sin. We were separated from the life of God. We were helpless. But see, that's what love does. Love helps people that are helpless. Verse 10, if you keep my commandments, that's a choice. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So how do we abide in love? We do the word. We do the Word. We put the Word on display. That's how we show God we love Him. The proof of our love for God is doing what He says. If you love me, or He says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. That's powerful. Verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy remain in you and that your joy might be full. Did you know that love produces joy? It does so in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. Love is the capstone of all the fruits. Out of love comes joy, comes peace, comes patience, comes long-suffering. Love is like the, the doorway for the fruit field. When, when you're abiding in his love, you have his joy. Woo! His joy is good. You know, God's joy can fix a lot of problems. Yeah. And did you know that Satan would love to steal your joy? 
But since the world, the world would love to steal your joy. Satan puts joy suckers in your path that go. Their job is just to try to suck the joy out of you. But see, when we walk in love, the joy sucker can't get any suction. You know, have you ever tried to vacuum something when it doesn't get suction? A few weeks ago, I was vacuuming our floor. you irritated, agitated. See, he's always trying to get you to walk out of love. If we can walk in love, then we can walk out of love. These things have I spoken to you. What is it? He's speaking about love. If we let, if we keep his commandments, we abide in his love, and if we abide in his love, his joy flows out of us. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another. How? As I have loved you. Let me just, can I just give you a food for thought? How are we living up to that standard? And guess what? We don't get to compare how we love people with other people. Well, I love you more. Well, I love you less. No. All of us have to compare ourselves to Jesus. We got to love like he loves. He is the only standard. He is the only example. We either either are achieving it or falling short based on how we do it, based on how we follow his example. Verse 13, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. God is friendly to those who do his word, but he's not so friendly to those who don't do his word. Think about that. He's talking about the sacrifice of love. Love will lay down its life for his friends. That's the greatest love. Love was meant to be given. And shared and expressed. Verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Hallelujah. 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. First fruit you got to bring forth is love. Top priority of your life. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. That's all. Do you realize the whole commandments hang on those two commandments? 
God took all the commandments and made it down to two. If you can't follow two commandments, you need some help. Verse 17. These things I command you. I want you to listen to what love is not an option. Love is a command. I command you that you love one another. Jesus did not say, love one another if you feel like it. Jesus did not say, love one another if they do what you want them to do, or if they cooperate with you, or if they treat you good. Love them, I command you. What did Jesus say when he was hanging on the cross? To the people who beat him, nailed him, scourged him, mocked him, he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. He demonstrated love. It's the labor of love. Go to Romans chapter 5. I feel like I got a torque wrench for your love. And if you came in here with a loose nut, you're being tightened. <laughs> and if your love nut is rusty, it's getting loosened. Because God, God wants love to flow out of your heart. To Him and to others. It's not an option. If you're a Christian, it's not an option. It's a command. And... We can't tell God, I can't love them because God said, no, I give you my love. My, if you work my love, it'll work. Amen? Amen? Romans 5, verse 1. Listen to this. You'll see these three again. Faith, hope, and love. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work patience, patience experience, experience hope, and hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Amen, amen, amen. So, by faith, we have peace with God. By faith, we have access into grace. By faith, we have hope, and we have the love of God that's been shed abroad in my heart. Say, God, God. poured His love God. into my heart. God. He has equipped you with the ability and the power to love exactly like he loves. In us right now is the love of God. We have agape in us. That's, that's the love of God. That's the Greek word, agape. It's the God kind of love. It's the love that never fails. It's the love that can hold up under anything. It's the love that will prevail. It's the love that will overcome. It's the love that brings the victory. It's the love that casts out fear when it comes in. We have that kind of love right now. So stop making excuses why we can't love. 
Hallelujah. Verse 8. But God commends His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Love did for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's what love does. Love specializes in the impossible. Love changes the hopeless scenery into something better. You know, like love, it works in our hearts. See, if you've ever been to a play or a production and they want to set up the scene, well, they got people behind the scenes that are unseen and they arrange the things on the stage and they set the scene up so that the people watching it can benefit from the scene. Here's what God does by the Holy Ghost. He sets up love in us so that it can be seen, so that we can put it on display and others can be blessed by our love that we share with them. He commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. What are we talking about? We're talking about the labor of love. Paul commended the Thessalonians for their labor of love. Their work of faith, faith was their employee, but they were working their faith and it was producing love. Amen? Your faith journey begins when you fall in love with God. Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Well, that's a strange word. I'll get to it in just a second. Abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good. Dissimulation is another word for hypocrisy. So what's he saying? Let your love be sincere, genuine, having words and actions in agreement. It's not enough just to say you love this or you love that, but you also got to demonstrate it. I love God, okay, then God wants to see you do, He wants to see you put His Word into practice. That's the only way that God knows that we love Him. You know the story of Abraham? He walked with God, he believed God for a son, God gave him a son after 25 years when it was impossible, physically impossible for him and Sarah to have children. Sarah couldn't have children from the beginning, and now they were both past the age. But, because they loved God, they believed God, right? God gave him a son. His name was Isaac. And when Isaac got to a certain age, God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am, Lord. He said, I want you to give your only son, Isaac, and I want you to sacrifice him in the place where I will tell you. And Abraham didn't bat an eye. He didn't think for a moment that he wasn't going to do it because he already knew, he was already convinced that whatever he gave to God, God would give back to him. Right? Genesis 22, you can read about it. And so, Abraham, the Bible tells us, he got up early. He got his car ready, the donkey. 
He loaded it up. And if you read that story, he got the wood ready. See? What's he doing? He's demonstrating his love by putting the command to do what God told him to do into action. So, he took two servants, him and Isaac, they go to the place. He didn't know where he was going, but he saw it from afar off. And he tells the servants, he said, you guys wait here, me and the, me and the boy, we're going to go worship, and me and the boy are going to return. So Abraham was already convinced that a miracle was going to happen. And they're, they're, they're taking the, the instruments and, you know, he's carrying the wood. And, and Isaac asked the most intelligent question. He says, Dad, um, I see the fire and I see the wood, but uh, where's the sacrifice? Oh, son, God's going to provide himself a lamb. Okay. So Abraham is trusting God and Isaac is trusting Abraham because there's love. See, Abraham loves God more than he loves his son. What if God told you to give up your house? Oh, but I spent years in this house. Yeah, but God's telling you to do it. Could you do it? Do you love God more than your house? What if God told you to give up a car? Could you do it? Do you love God more than that car? Can God get a car to you? Can God get a house to you? I mean, my goodness, the midwives who helped, who preserved the, the boys being born in Egypt, God gave them houses. So Abraham, he's obeying the command. He's showing the Lord that he loves him. He's doing it without question, without hesitation. Without delay, without reasoning. And he, 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 he binds his son Isaac. He puts him on the altar. He's raised the knife into the air, about to thrust it into his. And then he, then, here's one word Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Don't harm the boy, because now I know. It was the demonstration that Abraham put into action that he was willing to obey God and do whatever he said. That's how God knew that he loved him no matter what. He said, you've not withheld your son, your only son. Now that I know, he said, in blessing I will bless you. In multiplying I will multiply you. And that's what motivated, do you realize what Abraham did, God did for us. Jesus was our Isaac. Because God knew that if he gave his son his offering, he'd receive him again in the resurrection. But it was the action that Abraham demonstrated his obedience. That's what God said, I know that you love me now. Not that he didn't know that he loved him. God, I mean, God knows. But... When we carry out his command, and when we do what he says, this is the labor of love. See, you have to get to the point where you can hear God above your feelings. In spite of your circumstances, 
See, we've got to get to the point where we love God so much that we are quick to obey. Quick to do. We don't have to know everything. You just have to trust God. You've got to know who's speaking to you. You've got to know His voice. And we can know His voice. Why? He shed His love abroad in our heart by His Holy Spirit. Amen? Did you know that you are connected to your Father through love? Did you know that love communicates? Can you imagine a husband and a wife never ever saying that they love each other? You certainly did it when you first met. And then you got to continue in the love, right? You got to continue. Keep it up. Keep going, right? Keep doing it. Keep putting it into practice. Keep putting it on display. This is what Abraham did. Read the story. That's what Abraham's obedience touched God's heart. And this is the labor of love. Romans 13.10, love does no harm to its neighbor. Alright, one more passage of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And verse 1. We will continue with more of the labor of love next week. First Corinthians 8.1 Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love what? Edifies. See, Knowledge, just having knowledge without love, it'll puff you up like a blowfish. It'll puff you up like a marshmallow. It will make you feel important. It'll cause you to have pride. It'll make you arrogant, but it leads to self-righteousness. Just knowledge alone. If you... If you have knowledge and you don't have love, you'll be puffed up. But love edifies. Love strengthens. See, knowledge itself may have a bad effect, but uh, it'll actually destroy the knowledge you think you have if you just have knowledge and no love. But love, why why will love edify? Because love lives to help others. You, you cannot keep love to yourself. When you love, you will interact, you will express, you will show, you will display, you will do. Amen? So don't just get puffed up. We can get to a point where we just think we know so much about God. Look at how much I know. Look at what I know. God's not so impressed about what we know, but it's what we do with what we know. Amen? Jesus said in John 17, 3, He said, This is eternal life, that you might know Him, and the one true God, Jesus Christ, whom He sent. So you know what? We've got to labor in our love. 
We gotta love God. We gotta love His work, His places, His people, His plan. Amen? And we gotta take that same love and we gotta love people. Because the Bible is a people book. God is a people person. And, as I said last week, there's no one who's unlovable. Since God loved the whole world. Amen? So you just got to get over yourself. Stop saying that they're unlovable and ask, start asking God, how can I love them better? Oh, you ever think about that? I think that was from the Spirit of God. So let's stand to our feet. And here's what I want us to do. I want you just to make a commitment in your heart, whether you're a teenager, whether you're not a teenager, or you're a teenager with a lot of years of experience. Amen? I want you just to fall in love with God. Fall in love with His Word. You know, sometimes we just need to take the Bible and say, Lord, I just love Your Word. Oh, I love your word, Lord. I love what it says. It's life to me. It's light to me. It helps me. It's my very present help in trouble. And we just need to declare our love for God. Amen? And we, need, we just need to be willing to love people. No matter what. It's not based on what they do. It's based on what he did. We don't base... We don't do what we do based on this realm. We do it because he did it. He said it. That's our standard. That's our example. We follow the Lord. If the Lord can do it, we can do it. Father, we give you thanks and praise tonight. And Lord, we come tonight to renew and refresh our love for you. Lord, we just say how much you love him right now. Lord, we love you. We love your name. Oh, we love your word. We love the blood of Jesus. We love the written word, the spoken word. Lord, we love the prophets. We love the apostles, Lord. We love everything about you. We love your kingdom. We love your gospel. We love your strength and power. We love your name. We love you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And just begin to thank God for the love that He's given you to love people with. In the name of Jesus. He's, he's chopped you full of love. You're a love container. He poured His love in you. And it's ready to be dispersed. We're going to break the cap off of our love. And we're going to start expressing our love. Not that we have it, but we're... Listen, the world needs to see the true and genuine love for God. And then that's what's going to overcome this junk that's happening in our world. We need some people who love God and they're going to stand up for what's right. And they're going to speak the word of God with authority and power and not back down because we have the victory. We have the greater one. Hallelujah. We're going to have a love revolution. We're going to get deeper into love. We got to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. The love of God is our anchor. The love of God is our strong tower. The love of God is our shield. Hallelujah.
Oh, we just let your love flow, Father. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We bless you. Oh, just begin to praise him now. Just begin to praise him now. Use your voice. Praise him. However you want to just say what you need to say to him. In the name of Jesus, open up your mouth and express your love to God. Hallelujah. And receive his love for you. His love will overcome the lies and the negative things that have been spoken over you. He will wash you in love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. Praise your holy name, Lord. We love you so much. Oh, we love your church, your people. We love your promises. Lord, we love your personality. We love the spiritual fruits. We love how you work in our lives. We love your creation. How so beautifully and intricately you created things. You, you brought them into being. Oh Lord, we love you. And with your love, we're going to love people. Say this, say in the name of Jesus. I've been touched with the love of God. I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength. And I love the, every neighbor as myself. I'm a promoter of the love of God. I love people. I release the love of God from my heart. I speak loving words. I do loving things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen.